0: Пробегайте, прибегайте, тупу пальцем подтирайте. Из насли побегаться. Я вам что? хран голландский. Был голландский, стал германский. Ладно, погнали! Не слухаешь папку, Послухаешь палку! А-а-а-а. He loves it. He loves it.
1: <laughs> they will pay a terrible price. <laughs> we have medicines right now, and I call them a cure. I call it a cure. Yeah, I, it's I'm, very funny because it's like they're d- everyone around him is like, "You cannot say we have a cure."
0: No, don't and, and, say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unreal how little control anybody has over him. It's like kind of impressive that, like, because you remember like when um, when Obama first got elected one of the big stories was how he had to like give up his BlackBerry because it was insecure yeah. and how like he was going into the presidential bubble. He only gets to see certain news and he only knows certain things. <laughs> and then Trump is just like, I'm going to call it a cure in my video and nobody has any choice I'm posting
1: it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not giving you my phone. Fucking suck my dick. I don't <laughs> care. I'm the president. I will do mm-hmm. what I want. And it's, like, true. Like, why did anybody ever do that? Like, why?
0: Why did you ever give up your phone? Has yeah.
1: anyone been listening to whatever this fucking sec- so, uh, secret service says or the CIA says? No,
0: I don't know why you it's would. because they all
1: are the... It's all... They're all the same.
0: They're all pussies. But
1: Trump is actually... You know, the one thing about this is that he's actually an outsider in that way. Like, mm-hmm. he is it seems like the intelligence community fucking hates him and they're very split over supporting him or not. And, uh, I, I still think he's going to die. Like, Mm, I I hope so. Lots of people are like, I don't know. He's getting better. It's like, we saw this happen with Herman Cain.
0: Right, like it yeah. took
1: forty days for Herman Cain to die from like getting it. It's only been a, we- it's not even been a week.
0: But the version of this that I also completely believe is possible is that he's already like a few weeks into it. And like, he just never talked about it. He never did anything like, because there are people who get like fairly asymptomatic and whatever. And -hmm. like, maybe something leaked or something. And he was like, I got to get out ahead of this. I'm telling everyone that I've had COVID. (laughs) Like, I've had it for weeks.
1: It's just hard to believe because they said, like, the doctors were like, you know, if he hadn't, if he didn't have like lung damage or whatever, Mm -hmm. they would have said he doesn't. But the doctors were like, The doctors or pneumonia, were like, uh, or, he, uh, we can't, we can't say we, <laughs> but
0: the, the big tell is that they say, they ask him like, when was his most recent negative test? And they will never tell you. Yeah. Because he definitely had it before he said he did. He had it for a while. He definitely went to that debate and tried to kill Joe Biden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he probably still has it. Like he's not like done.
0: Oh no, he's not done. There's no way he's done. He looks like shit in that video. He sounds like shit. (laughs) This is, you know, it is kind of, it is a movie in some ways. Um,
1: (laughs) My life, a movie.
0: Because, you know, the the videos, they do have, like, some very tricky, fun editing that... um,
1: I know, especially that one that came out yesterday where he was like, we're going to get Regeneron... We're gonna yeah. get it to everyone. Everyone is gonna have it for free. Mm-hmm. Like, there's multiple cuts where he's like, oh, and then like it cuts, like and the it whole cuts, way. yeah. But it's like his face <laughs> is in
0: the same place, and it's relevant actually to the movie that we're talking about today. Yeah. Because I do feel like part of the the effect of come and see, and part of the effect of like the Trump videos that are happening right now is is this like stabilizing on the eyes sort of oh, thing. Yeah. So that you can like very easily morph the the two shots together so that Mm -hmm. you don't see that he's coughing his fucking brains
1: out. He must be, right? Like there must must be be, cuts where he's just like
0: (sighs) Or he's just like he's just like taking in huge like raspy breaths <gasps> Yeah, or... because
1: everyone made fun of him for it on Twitter and they like mm-hmm. ga- the gasping was trending on Twitter and like he was probably like they can't see that
0: they can never see that again
1: because he's <laughs> uh, he's being owned he's being owned by his own petard <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to Generation <laughs> Loss, the show about movies with the me, Bryn, movies. and that Jeremy.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeremy. What's up? You know what it is. <laughs> it's uh it's um it's topsy turvy season, folks. Yeah, actually, <laughs> by the
0: time you hear this, uh, maybe Trump's already dead. Who yeah, knows? What
1: if he's dead soon?
0: He's probably I, put out so many more videos by the time this every comes day.
1: out. I, I Every feel day, like, like we,
0: more than one.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should watch, we should make sure we're cataloging all these videos so we can do an episode on just these yeah, movies. Yeah, <laughs>
0: because it's, it's fascinating, because it's clearly a green screen, but yeah, they're, like, the varying time. the background so that it looks like he's, like, walking all over the White House lawn. <laughs> it's really strange.
1: <laughs> he's, like, super <laughs> far away from the, Yeah, this like,
0: one, he's, like, in the middle of the, he's supposed to be in the middle of the yard, and you're, like... Why would they do, why would you shoot out there? Yeah, like, you
1: would never do that.
0: You'd never do that. You'd have to run extension cord for like a hundred <laughs> yards.
1: <laughs> to get the lighting that way. Uh-huh. It doesn't also yeah it's God so. help
0: you if you have to change batteries. <laughs>
1: It's all yeah. It's so silly. Did they run a Jenny out there?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating stuff, though, coming out of the White House right now. Yeah. So and yeah, hello, I this really I,
1: movie I, show. Oh, go it's going to
0: be so funny if if I mean obviously, just generally, it's going to be very funny if Chris Christie dies. If anyone dies, also, I'm going to laugh.
1: <laughs> if any of
0: them, literally any of them, can 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 go, and yeah. it'll be pretty funny because what's going to be funny is that the machine is going to have to keep turning and they're going to have to abandon whoever dies and they're going to have to be like they deserved it they had their own problems and and, and it's going to be just like a a um like a like a grocery list of all the things <laughs> that this person sucked because of and why it was okay that they died.
1: Yeah. Well, it's so it's going to be weird because like you if you said that ever all of the ideologues in his cabinet die like there won't be anyone steering the ship mm-hmm. and like keeping him in line and on topic because like all of it seems like it's always been this sort of fight to use to use trump as a blunt instrument mm-hmm. to like get these ideological things done like getting someone in the supreme court getting you know multiple people in the supreme court uh you know concentration camps at the border you know like cracking down on muslims and communists and stuff in america and like just you know instead of doing this sort of wishy-washy neoliberal shit, just like doing it really hard and but, yeah if he doesn't care about that, like he doesn't care no, about he doesn't, it at all. He doesn't
0: give a shit about any of this. <laughs> he, and that's why the, the Supreme Court thing is so fascinating right now, because one, you know he doesn't actually care about Roe v. Wade, so this is absolutely something that he is willing to jettison if it he's means that he wins the presidency. He's so
1: many abortions in his life. He's for like, sure he, has, he knows yes. it doesn't affect him in any way. Yeah. He doesn't care.
0: But he's, <laughs> he, he's gonna have to, like, He's gonna have to make a decision pretty soon. Is he gonna take the safe bet and ram through this appointment, you know, soon, or is he gonna wait it out and use it to run on because it's the only thing that can save him at this point? His his campaign is (laughs) dead. It's pretty much like they're not even they pulled ads in Ohio. They're not running ads in Ohio anymore. It's over. (laughs) Yeah. So he needs something to like put some juice back in this thing. Yeah, I mean, if if the Republicans are going to hate him for it,
1: (laughs) if he like, I mean, someone said I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember who said it, but someone said, and I completely agree with it, that if we had if we had free and fair elections, if we had democratic elections in this country, the Republican Party would have been gone Mm -hmm. in the 90s.
0: Like, yeah, absolutely. They would never
1: win anything because they're rigging it really hard, and they always have been. I mean, Democrats mm-hmm. do it too, but you know, they play. But Democrats are, the Democrats
0: are the thing is that Democrats are inept. It's right, not that they're exactly. not trying; it's just that they're not succeeding. They just they can't get it They don't even think done. about. They like. They wish pretend. they could. Yeah, they exactly. wish they could do half of the cool shit Republicans do, like that. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Like if they could gerrymander, are you kidding? They just don't have anybody who can draw like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to this in the uh, movie that we t- watch this, one. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's just it's. Um, but in
0: some ways, this is a movie that we're watching I right know. now. I know. I mean, like watching like the election play out is really. I mean, it's.
1: I haven't hoped for anything this much since Bernie (laughs) Sanders (laughs) Uh, so it's been fun it's been a fun week and I just think it'll be really interesting if he dies or if everyone else dies because then it'll just be like him and the deep state just yeah. being like Trump you have to do this and be like fuck you i don't even know who you are what you, how many <laughs> followers do you have on twitter i don't give a shit and then they'll either kill him or he'll start doing insane shit like giving everyone vaccines for free
0: <laughs> he's already so out there right now he's just really he's he's been on one for like 4 days straight now yeah and i just like i can't imagine he's going to be like a like a fucking like a like a balloon that you just like untether when like steven miller dies like what's he gonna do without Stephen miller he needs somebody there to like whisper in his ear like hey by the way this is what the this is what they want to hear Yeah, we're
1: trying to kill all the mexicans so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: just fyi they're gonna want you to say something like he doesn't know that intuitively
1: no no he has all of the feel of how to say it and like mm-hmm. i mean he's a once in a hundred years type of figure who can like control certain types of things, but he has nothing in his brain. He has no ideology yeah. whatsoever. He needs his Himmler and goebbels Like if he doesn't well, he's like have... an old stand up. He's
0: like an old like seventies <laughs> yeah. stand-up who like those guys are all just like insane talents at performing, but none of them wrote their own jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had like a team of writers. Like Richard Pryor is one of the best comics of all time but Paul Mooney wrote like most of his jokes. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's what Trump is like. Trump is just this like once in a lifetime you know. Performer. He's like he's kind of like Obama in that way where it's like Obama was this yeah. like insane orator who so much of his appeal was based around how good he was at giving a speech and like inspiring people with his words and his voice and his cadence and then Trump is almost just like the dumb version of that where it's <laughs> like he's also a once in a lifetime orator in that Everything he says is really funny, <laughs> and you just want to like you 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 want to enjoy. You want to be there and enjoy. Yeah.
1: There is a, definitely a feeling of like, oh yeah, this. I mean, it's absurd. You want to be like, hell yeah, man, I don't care. <laughs> but obviously, yeah. it's evil and terrible because what they're feeding him. I mean, I mean, he's a fucking fascist too. He's a racist. He's always been a huge racist. Yeah, absolutely um, terrible person. Not to say, but it's like, yeah, he's really good at talking. So. Anyway, but his
0: solutions to things aren't like, <laughs> you know, like detain families and split them up and put them in concentration camps. And like, these are the kinds of things that you come up with when you actually want to get the thing done. His ideas are, are, you know, put an ad in the New York Times that says like Mexicans are rapists. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what he would be doing.
1: Yeah. He just likes to stir the pot and get people's attention on him because that's the right. end goal is just like power and attention. Um which is obviously easily co-optable and dangerous but um mm-hmm.
0: yeah we'll get more into that in a minute
1: yeah we'll get to there but uh this is i that- mean but
0: it's like this is sort of like what we've been watching this week in some ways this is most of what That's i've watched true, this yeah. week i other than that like i mean i'm so exhausted from just like running back and forth to the hospital to see mm-hmm. to see my kid and stuff like I, I, my brain is so fried when I get home that like literally the only thing I've watched this week aside from the news and like the debates and all this like fun Trump content and whatever <laughs> I've watched a ton of Scooby-Doo
1: okay I've been okay. watching a lot I of have to stop you there you are the second person who has been saying they are actually sitting down and watching a fucking shit cartoon from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. I just talked to my friend, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been going through all of Rocky and Bullwinkle." I was <laughs> like, "What are you out of your fucking mind?" Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> is at least
0: interesting because Rocky and Bullwinkle had like a political perspective, Did it and there really? was. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of like. Um, Uh, like I mean you know Boris and Natasha are these like Russian agents and whatever and there's like a randomly there will be just like jokes about like politicians from the day and whatever oh that's fun it's this weird thing that happens when you watch old cartoons where there's like pop culture stuff that you know like I talked to Katie about this a lot because we're both big Looney Tunes fans oh, and well, I love we, Looney Tunes. we grew up watching the Looney Tunes and there's all these weird references from the Looney Tunes that you just think of as Looney Tunes things like um Cagney like when there's like a uh when there's like a romantic moment and they do like a "John Masha." Yeah. I have no idea what that's from but that is a pop culture reference from, from something, something <laughs> that they're referencing in the Looney Tunes so many
1: people in Looney Tunes are Peter Lorre and I like didn't Mm -hmm. know who that was yeah there's so much of this old culture in in Looney Tunes uh to also to the friend who is watching and Bull Wickle, you did convince me that there is a reason to do it and I was just underestimating it but it's still really weird to me because I just always thought of it as like bad children's programming right um
0: it's much better than Scooby-Doo anyway it's Scooby-Doo definitely got more going bad. on than Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby Doo is fascinating, though, because it's 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 such a um, it's like meditative in a way. It's got it's like a mantra because every single one of them like, is the same. It's like it a never changes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every single one of them is like set them into a scenario. They're in the mystery machine. They're driving into a town. Uh oh! So for some reason, they got to stop. And then, um, you know, they meet somebody and then they're like, I'm having this trouble with this monster thing. And they're like, we'll, we'll go, we'll go look into it. We'll That's look what at we, it yeah. we love to do that. And then they go and they look into it and then, you know, it'll go through the cycle of, you know, uh, you know, investigate split up, investigate, you know, spring, some sort of trap, catch the guy. And then surprise the monster is the only other character we've met in the episode. <laughs> always. And always every time. and, and, there's so many, <laughs> so many episodes of Scooby Doo. How many? And they, I mean, there's got to be like hundreds. It went on forever. It was on for like probably ten years, and the way that they think, like, it, it, it's such a fascinating brain, you know, whoever <laughs> was coming up with this shit, because to keep it to keep it going, to keep it zesty, you know, to keep like people interested you'd think you know vary the plot a little bit but the way no. that they keep choosing to spice it up is like we'll add a new character scrappy doo you know we'll add <laughs> a new character uh do- w- dopey do what's his cousin scooby dumb uh, he's got a cousin oh. who's like an idiot
1: <laughs> i don't know um
0: and is like uh um well, like a like a hick he's like a redneck oh yeah Um, and then uh, there's like a little while where they're like, what if we do celebrity guests? And this is what I was thinking of when we were talking about Rocky and Bullwinkle is that it's like, oh yeah, there's Harlem Globetrotters or whatever. Yeah. These weird, well, Harlem Globetrotters is like one of the more accessible ones. I mean, there's like (laughs) weird ones where they're just like Scooby and the gang meets (laughs) Sonny (laughs) Boto, And and that would even be like... (laughs) Like a pretty good one, but there's like, like Scooby and the gang meet Bob Newhart,
1: (laughs) Bing Crosby.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like weird people that you're like, why the fuck? Why would they be meeting them? Why is that who you (laughs) animated into your cartoon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the very first,
0: the very first Scooby Doo, where are you? 1968?
1: 1969 through 1970. Okay. uh, It was only two seasons. And there mm-hmm. was only twenty, hmm. uh, like, like I guess thirty uh, something episodes. And then there was a revival in seventy eight.
0: Okay, and then it and kept that's like going. the Scooby Doo movies, or
1: no, no, it was just another season um,
0: of Scooby Doo. Where are you? Yeah. So in between that, they did movies. probably. Well, no. So the <laughs> so there are movies. Yeah, But there's the series is called like Scooby-Doo movies or something like that. And that's the ones that have all the celebrity guests. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's 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 insane. And even 30 episodes is so many to do where you don't change what you're doing ever.
1: Oh, the new Scooby-Doo movies in new 1972. New Scooby-Doo movies, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then there was a whole nother run from and 76 And 91. Like, Scooby and Scrappy is like its own Holy whole thing. Holy shit, there was so many. <laughs> There's so many.
0: <laughs> and again, cannot stress enough, they never change it. They never change it through that whole time. They once change it in like one of the movies where they're just like, actually, it is monsters. They're real.
1: That's later, though. That's in the 90s, right? Yeah,
0: that's like one of the pirate. The <laughs> yeah, pirate yeah, yeah. Island I remember when that came out.
1: Yeah. And it was like, actually, this time it is monsters. And it's like, that's the surprise.
0: <laughs> Did you ever get into um, Stuart Lee?
1: He's oh, a stand up. He's
0: a British stand up. He's like the only good British stand up, basically. But what? he's, actually, Eddie, is he's actually like the best comic in the world, that I think. That guy
1: who's from Muppet Treasure Island. He's funny. all
0: right. <laughs> he's all right. Um, but Stuart Lee has this great bit that's like a half hour long about Scooby-Doo <laughs> and how like he just only watches Scooby-Doo and like his brain has been warped by Scooby-Doo. And he goes through this whole thing about, Oh, I know this guy. I'm looking it's, at his yeah, hair. The, the bit is that it's like, uh, like, you know, every time you f- you're in a jungle and you find a jungle Canyon and there's a rope bridge over it and it's always broken. And every time you walk over it, it's broken. Why is it always broken? Tory cuts and then he does this whole like big political bit about how Thatcher ruined England and he like frames it around <laughs> Scooby Doo.
1: That's so funny. And I highly
0: recommend checking it out. It's a very good uh it's a very good bit. Anyway, he that's what a- I've been watching. Bryn, what are you been watching?
1: Okay. Uh well, this week I watched Well, I watched two movies, I guess, but the one I want to talk about is uh, Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> I have not seen that in a long ass time. <laughs> Me
1: neither. So I watched, um, I watched Eyes Wide Shut when I was a kid, sort of high school, I think. Um, it came out in 1998 or nine. Um, obviously, it was Kubrick's last movie, um, and it stars Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. If you don't know, uh, if if you've never heard of this movie, but it's, it's Stanley Kubrick's guy who wrote uh, or wrote and directed. 2001, The Shining, all the famous movies. You probably know who fucking Sam the Kubrick is. Anyway, it was his last movie, and it was basically critically panned, uh, very divisive movie. Um, He thought it was his best movie. Lots of critics disagree. (laughs) Um, And it came out like a couple days after he died, somewhat suspiciously, of a heart Mm. attack. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's because he was going to tell everybody how he, he helped stage the landing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but when I saw it so the movie is uh, it's basically just about um, this rich doctor in Manhattan, and they go to a party, and I, here, here's the thing. What everyone focuses on in this movie is what most people think of is that him and his wife have a fight. For mm-hmm. some reason, because she wants, she wanted to fuck a guy once, <laughs> uh, right? And then he goes on this weird, uh, surrealist adventure in the middle of the night in Manhattan, and he almost fucks a couple times, and then he goes <laughs> to a weird sex party, and then gets kicked out, and then that's all anyone ever talks about.
0: Right, the weird sex party is all anybody ever talks yeah, about. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's. Not even a third of the movie. It's it's of just a scene in the movie.
0: But it's so visual. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's such a like I mean it's a it's a uh it's such an iconic thing, the the like masks and shit and like it's um did you ever see uh Brett Davis's thing that he did where he's like the he's the like the inquisitor or something like that. And he's like wearing an eyes wide shut, like a uh, like nosy mask thing. Uh-huh. And he's doing this whole big, like sex uh, uh, like ritual that he's setting up. And, and he's like a got a demonic voice. And then at some point he like smells a perfume that one of the women is wearing. And he's like, that smells like my ex. And then he has this like whole emotional breakdown about how his like relationship failed with his ex-girlfriend and like all these people around him are like half naked and like in bondage gear and whatever and he's just like sitting there in this mask just like talking about his ex.
1: <laughs>
0: I have not seen that. It's wild. Um
1: so uh, it's been sort of rattling around in my head because when Jeffrey Epstein was killed um mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Chapo Will did a uh, an episode where they sort of revisited Eyes Wide Shut in the light of that. And, right. and you know, some people had some opinions or whatever, but they didn't really, like, tie it well together very much. Recently, a um, friend of the show, Michael Judge, on his podcast had Will on again to talk about Eyes Wide Shut and how it relates to... Um, sort of the ruling class as it is in real life. Um, mm-hmm. And they sort of came with a more cohesive theory that Stanley Kubrick intentionally made a movie about the sort of like ruling class decadence. Um, and the the whole cons. so the f- Eyes Wide Shut is a term that was basically only ref- like um, used to refer to like British intelligence officers walking into a honeypot, uh, situation, uh, Uh like kind of on purpose, like not caring because they wanted to get laid. (laughs) Right. Um, and Michael judges whole concept is like, this is a movie about something you're not allowed to make a movie about. And so Mm -hmm. it's this very elaborate metaphor of this guy, because the opening scene is them at a party where everyone is trying to fuck them. (laughs) Um, But it's not literally a sex party. But the theory is that the opening scene there, they were invited to a sex party, like an adult sex party. Um, And uh, the the owner of the house uh, has like a girl who's Overdosed on us on heroin and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise has to go up and like clean it up basically because he's like the janitor for these elites um, right and so Basically the movie is about them sort of having an argument about whether they would want to be sort of like how they feel about their place as sort of the servants of this ruling class and um, and not because it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> like the mm. movie is hilarious in that like Tom Cruise is a person who's just like, <laughs> he's like, this pot is making you aggressive. <laughs> and Nicole Kidman <Kittin laughs> is all like angry about, like no one talks like this. No right. one gets mad about, so it can't be about what it's saying it's about. And if you look at it through the lens of everything is sort of representing these people who are like fucking children. <laughs> um and they're sort of like on the edges of knowing about it and at the end there's sort of this implication that their daughter their very little daughter gets like taken by these men in a toy store it's like Mm -hmm. almost off screen um and it's like it all once you watch it through that lens it basically all lines up as like the only way i can make any sense because everything else is fucking dumb like every every critic i've ever read is like it's a movie about like how relationships can fall apart or whatever. right? And it's like, yeah. that's, first of all, terrible and not a, wouldn't be a good movie at all. And then also <laughs> what about all of the stuff where Sidney Pollack is like, you are not a part of this class. Like he literally like is speaking to him to his face at the end where he's like, you went to this thing and you weren't allowed to do this. And you're in a lot of trouble and you don't get well, to do this. <laughs>
0: when did this come out? This is
1: 1999,
0: 1999. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's in a pre, Epstein world I mean Epstein still like is he even does he even work at the uh the the Dalton school yet or is he
1: I don't know pre-Epstein I mean no I mean like uh Epstein absolutely was working around because uh he was like hanging out with Bill Clinton and stuff
0: yeah but I thought he was friends with Clinton post-presidency (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's what um, they
0: want you to think. Well, I just thought he's. I mean, I just think like I thought the timeline started later. I mm-hmm. guess is what I mean. Um, when is he? Oh no, he's at the Dalton School way earlier.
1: Yeah, in the eighties, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely already. But I
1: don't. I personally don't think that Epstein was like the first one who was doing no, child no, no, trafficking. No, 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 no. I just
0: like. Um, I was just thinking in terms of like critical response to this that. Like, the, the level of um, um information that was out there at the time was such that, like, I don't know that anybody even would have grasped the idea that there was this, like, elite pedophile honeypot thing happening. Oh,
1: absolutely not. I don't you know, think so that was in like, the public eye at
0: all. Yeah, and it's not even close to being in the public eye yet. It's still... Yeah,
1: I mean, we're like, the you, weirdos. You, nobody even...
0: <laughs> there's But there's not even, like... like Conspiracy theorists in 1999 weren't talking about this even. No, 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 no. There wasn't even a germ of an idea of people thinking about well, this yet. I, really, I would,
1: I would say that there was Alex Jones, and Alex. Well, I was to say
0: Alex Jones because the thing that this made me think of while well, we were talking about this is Teddy Bear's Picnic, which is a movie I have not seen, I, um, but I really, seen I've always wanted to because it's Harry Shearer made a movie about Bohemian Grove. Really? <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> I would love he, to see that he was invited to Bohemian Grove. Oh my God. He got to go to the Bohemian Club one year and he left and, and made this movie about
1: it. He's like, what the fuck is going on?
0: <laughs> and um, I mean, I think his his read of it was mostly like, this is stupid. This mm. is so stupid that these people do this. This is so lame. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the movie basically is just like, yeah, these guys are fucking losers. <laughs> For hanging out in the woods and shit.
1: Yeah, and doing this play or whatever. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this little... Yeah, because when you watch the... Because that's what made me think of it is Alex Jones' video where he broke into the Bohemian Club. Yeah. And you watch it, and you're just like, this is so embarrassing. I would be so embarrassed. Yeah. Like... I mean, obviously, like... There's way worse things That it seems like They make you do If you want to be president But I mean God damn yeah. If I had to go watch Theater kids burn an owl In the woods <laughs> I would be like You know what I don't think I need to be president I don't think <laughs> I need this In my life
1: Yeah Well I And and Grove I feel like Is A very weird thing That I don't think Is uh, I, I think it's Definitely secret For a reason mm-hmm. I, I've personally feel like there's other shit going on than just the play um right. there must be some level of like you're going to agree to do this because it's some sort of like I'm not saying they're brainwashing people but like there's some level of like if you can like be serious enough and like to like go through this and this very strange and dumb thing and just like uh consent to this then you're on you're well on your way to going through whatever else rituals we have to put you through
0: right you're 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 gonna be just fine on epstein island Mm -hmm. i i think that my my read on it has always been that it's a place where people chat like most of what it is is that it's like important people hang out and chat and the play is just kind of part of it and it's just part of the ritual of the thing, but it's not like, you know, the the Alex Jones uh, video had always been like, they're burning the god Moloch, and this is a (laughs) satanic ritual, uh, the cremation of care and whatever, and like, uh, I don't know, I don't think that, like, Satanism doesn't really—it's never really struck me as something that like the elites would be into. They don't give a shit about that. They they definitely don't care. (laughs) It's
1: definitely not Moloch because Moloch is a bull. But it it does like Mm -hmm. for for me, I think it's probably a carryover from the Nazis. My feeling has always been that like the Nazis were really into this very specific type of like Volkish occult stuff, and like they had their rituals and like the american elite who brought them over to the american uh what did i just say the american elite who brought the nazis into the american elite probably shared this kind of stuff and it's probably evolved since Mm -hmm. um i mean like we know for a fact that the nazis did stuff like this so it's like it's probably just one of those things that the weirdos it's probably more of a ritual than you you know, uh, a celebratory thing, then like they don't really think it's magic or anything like yeah. it's just to, you know, get people into their little club. Anyway, the whole point is that I think that this and you watch this movie through the um, le- through that lens. It becomes a very funny and very enjoyable movie Um, because if you don't understand that it's a metaphor for, or like a dream-like metaphor for somebody kind of stumbling upon the actual reality of the elite, like decadence and horrific behavior, uh, then it's stupid and doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, So, watching it a second time. I hadn't watched it since i was in high school with this in mind uh was just a great time it doesn't even feel that long because you're sort of like piecing together everything um as you're watching it just sort of being like why is he mad what is he trying to get at why is what is why is anyone acting like this and when you sort of are able to look at it as he is trying to figure out the truth of what's going on so that he's not inducted into something like at the end of the movie (laughs) uh him and his wife are in the middle of an fao schwartz and there's Mm -hmm. like everyone is carrying like the same teddy bear um and he's like they're like almost on the verge of tears and they're looking at their daughter and they're like and he's like what are we gonna do and like Mm -hmm. everything is imbued with this with much more weight uh if you realize that what is going on underneath the actual text of the movie is something else um because otherwise it's just about these freaks (laughs) uh not being sad that they've want to have sex with someone else it doesn't make any sense so right i would highly encourage you to uh track down that episode or or read about uh there's a a piece called um oh i'm gonna forget the name of it but i'll put it i won't put it in the description uh <laughs> um but it's called like uh the, the the deterioration of trust um it's an essay about this movie and you can find it on google um it's pretty interesting, and rewatch this movie. I think it's worth rewatching through that perspective. I think I will. It's cool. Well, on that note. On that note, this week we watched "Come and See," a Soviet film from 1985. Uh, forget the name of the director um
0: it is uh, lm klimov
1: right who is most known in the states for this movie um but has done a lot of movies um i think 7 or something
0: yeah um, good number
1: good number um but this was his last film um before he died um huh and uh Yeah, he died in 2003, but he didn't make another movie after this. Um, I actually was reading that his um, wife was also a filmmaker who uh, died right before her last film. And he had to finish it for her in 1983. Um, And then he made this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and this seems like it was probably pretty fucking draining in addition.
1: Yeah, so I think he's sort of just <laughs> done is how it feels. Yeah,
0: between the two, I feel like I would be pretty sapped at that point. I'd be yeah. pretty uh, I'd be like a mummy, just like sucked dry <laughs> of all my of all my emotional will.
1: Yeah. Um so it's it was very intense, plus the Soviet Union collapses five years later. Mm. Um so maybe he didn't want feel like you could anymore who
0: knows maybe it was really hard to get movies made during that in-between period
1: Mm, probably I mean at this point in the in the Soviet Union you know after 1985 like the NKVD is like crawling with CIA it's not Mm -hmm. clear like who's even a communist anymore like (laughs) you know like we're you're talking about a dying Mm -hmm. a a dying state Um, and so you know who knows what kind of issues he w- was going through at this point. But he does get this movie finished after eight years. Uh he was making a couple of movies, um, at the same time. He started Come and See eight years before it was released, um, and uh dealing with the studio um was difficult. So he made Agony and Farewell like after he's tried trying to make come and see and then finally got it done in 1985 or released in 1985. So the movie is about um, Belarus um, in 1942, I believe. Um, the Nazis have ocu- yeah. occupied um, Belarus and there is the um, Belarusian partisans who are basically being supported by the Soviet Union. Um, and are coming together to try to defeat the Nazis. So it's sort of, it's basically Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's a, yeah, they're a a resistance force trying to fight off the Nazis where they can, uh, very like ragtag sort of thing. Like you very quickly notice that you know everybody's in like there's no uniform everyone's in different outfits everybody's yeah. got different weapons like no there's no real clear they've
1: got like one big red communist flag and they some of right. them have like little star hamsick hat but not all of them yeah. and they're clearly all like kind of busted and they're hiding out in yeah. the woods and-, and
0: you could tell from the fact that this movie basically opens with a 15 year old being conscripted that like things aren't going great things for the not- partisans at this point
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the movie opens with uh 14 year old uh, I knew I was going to forget it Fli- uh, Fleora Fleora um He digs up a gun on the beach. The village elder tells him, do not do that. You're going to
0: get killed.
1: Yeah, he (laughs) Um, says
0: something along the lines of, like, the Germans are going to, like, start sniffing around if you start digging up guns, you know, like, leave them buried. He's literally pulling a gun out of a grave. Yeah. Uh, Just insane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hey, and his little brother's like, cool, we found a gun. And uh, you see the first shot of a um a nazi plane uh i believe it's called like a an e- eagle owl um mm-hmm. an s um let's see a fockwolf uh fw189 if you know what if you're into planes um <laughs> it's a it's reconnaissance those weird plane.
0: ass like uh like double sided sort of guy yeah, it looks like a like
1: square a- with wings
0: yeah but like weirdly like empty in the middle mm-hmm. it's a strange looking plane very strange. folks
1: but it's a reconnaissance plane and we see it through the whole movie and it basically is like a harbinger of doom yeah. um so they find it and he's like i'm gonna go join the resistance and the mom is like no please fucking don't but they uh he goes they and can does script it. him
0: anyway yeah mm-hmm. these like soldiers are there uh chilling and um they're just like yeah we're gonna take him." He's coming with us.
1: <laughs> so he goes to join. You get some nice time spent with you know, learning about their sort of what they're doing, which is just like cleaning pots. And like then they go start to march, and uh, and then uh, he meets this girl whose name is Glash Glasha,
0: Glasha, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, Glasha. And uh, she's a nurse uh, at the camp. Mm-hmm. And he meets her in the woods. They they like go to march somewhere, and like he has some shit with his boots I think and like the
1: one of the older guys is like my boots are fucked up and they're like take his boots and then he gets to stay here with the nurses or whatever
0: yeah and he's pissed because he wants to go out and fight and whatever because he at this point hasn't really seen that much
1: he just knows that the Nazis are here and that he wants to help
0: and yeah he wants to protect his, his family and his village and whatever so he's like still got this like idealized version of the war and sure. so he but, but he's pissed off that he can't go fight with them. So he's like fucking around in the woods and he meets Glasha. they have, and a they weird have this like really scene? Tu- it's a really <laughs> touching in a weird way because, like she's crying over something and he's crying. And he's crying because he's mad that they left, but he's also crying because he's got like water in his boots or some shit. yeah. and um, and then they start laughing. like the cry turns into a laugh. Mm-hmm. And this is where like this is where kind of the the horror uh, aspect of come and see starts to kind of creep in. Yeah, this movie is is
1: such a weird movie because I was like, I almost felt bad a little bit when we were talking about doing this for Halloween season Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, it's I get we're stretching the definition by it's like, oh, it's the horrors of war or whatever. This movie is shot like a horror movie. And it's 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 genuinely (laughs) the scariest movie. It's so insane.
0: Like, I, I definitely, like, as I was watching it, I kind of was like... I don't know is this really horror I yeah, mean it's yeah. disturbing it's intense but it's is it really horror And then when I went to bed afterwards I had like <laughs> oh, no. the most I had genuinely the most intense like body shaking like like panic attack i've had in like years it was really intense i like could not get to sleep i was like shaking freaking out (laughs) (laughs)
1: like i just like
0: my my adrenaline was just like going and i (laughs) i I take ambien to sleep and i still couldn't get to sleep
1: fuck (laughs) well so this uh, so this is the reason we picked it and we'll so the this is a very weird scene where like Glasha. This is not in it, it's this movie is filmed in 1985 but it looks and feels as though it was in like shot in the 60s or something mm-hmm. and and then but is also impossible to have been shot in the 60s um it seems cuz it just looks so fucking crazy um but there's this so Glasha is like starts to like talk to him as if she's possessed by a Nazi or something and like the lighting on her face changes where she's like telling him like, you know, I want to like, I want love and I want to have children and like, you're going to die. And like sort of this weird harbinger scene where she like starts describing to him, uh, kind of like what's going to happen throughout the rest of the movie.
0: But the thing that's important to note is that like, in terms of the horror of this is like, The way it's shot most of the time when people are talking, when things are happening, is like straight on close ups of faces Mm -hmm. staring directly down the barrel of the camera. Yeah. And And so they are looking at you like you're making eye contact with them as you're watching the movie. At the
1: actors. And that it has this very strange effect. Um because it uh It feels a lot like, especially in this scene. It was the first moment I noticed that when she's just like laughing directly at the camera, you'd Mm -hmm. think this would be annoying in sort of like a like Tom uh, Tom Hooper's Les Miserables sort of way.
0: Yeah, or like Malcolm in the Middle. It's
1: not like that. It's (laughs) like uh, that scene in um, Twin Peaks when Laura is like laughing directly at the camera. Like it gives Mm -hmm. everything this sort of dreamlike quality where you're like, did this happen to me? Uh, (laughs) I was gonna say it's sort of
0: like um but it's yeah no you're right because it's not like um like the it can be used to great effect looking into the lens right I think in like funny games for example Mm -hmm. it can be really unsettling when you're you know addressed by the character another really great example is uh in I think the second or third season of House of Cards there's an episode where because you know throughout the show Kevin Spacey will talk to camera right oh yeah and um (laughs) And it's supposed to be like I guess his like monologue, and there's one episode where he doesn't do it the whole episode, and you just completely forget. And then right at the end, the last 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 scene of it, he's in the bathroom cleaning up, and he like looks at you through the mirror. Yeah, and he's like, "You didn't think I'd forgotten about you," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no, he's talking to us the whole time. It's not been his internal monologue. He's talking to you. Yeah. Like he he's aware of the viewer."
1: <laughs> and it's like that is a good use because it like is gross and feels really Mm -hmm. kind of creepy and that's how this movie works because it's like it it wants you to like have these images in your head as though it happened to you exactly yeah it's a it's a it's not like oh that movie i saw it's like this memory i have Mm -hmm. um and it's really effective in that and it's a really dastardly and evil thing to do to somebody but yeah (laughs) um so So, what happens is, is that he has this very strange scene with Dasha that starts off nice and then becomes very strange, and then as it becomes strange, um, German they look up in the sky and German paratroopers are falling out of the sky. Yeah, and at, they're
0: bombing them. And they start and
1: bombing the camp. Really
0: um, effective scene, by the way. This is a war movie, but this is the the most war that you'll see in the whole movie. Um, well, I guess like, it's
1: the most traditional style, like, War like shells Yeah, exactly. And stuff.
0: You'll never see like people shooting very much. You'll never see people like charging or nothing like that. No, this no, scene no, 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 there's just no. like bombs dropping all around them. And the craziest thing about this, the most impressive part for me is that the tendency is when you're doing a blowing shit up scene to like make the camera shake. Oh yeah. To like, to be like, oh, we're in the action now, you know, like it's all happening and, and it adds some dynamics to the scene. This is, tripod the camera is on a tripod and everything is blowing up and the earth just stays yeah it's so intense
1: it's (laughs) insane also he immediately uh goes deaf from Mm -hmm. this so you hear the first couple ones and also um i don't i'm sure they're not supposed to be v2 rockets um but it reminded the first couple you hear sound like what i imagine v2 rockets sound like um, mm-hmm. and there's a thing about it in Gravity's Rainbow, um, where you learn, uh, that you don't hear V2 rockets unless you survive. Okay. Um, which has always been an interesting concept to me because like you, if you heard it, you're going to live. Yeah. If you didn't hear it, you're dead.
0: They do that in <laughs> the Sopranos too. Oh, okay. Um, uh-huh. they do a thing about like how the gunshots, like you don't hear the gunshots when you die. Mm. Um, and then that's that's what props up all the theories about how tony dies at the end right
1: right um so you hear them and it's a very like high pitch like and then like and then like i think after 3 or 4 he like the you it starts to be noise music basically like just like silence with like rumble because he's yeah. gone deaf but it's not even done in a sort of there's a lot of stuff in this movie uh that is sort of hard to process because it doesn't show it to you the way like an American movie would like you don't see him like grasping his ears or like falling to the ground and like you see his face like recognize that he's deaf it just happens like the sound starts going it's a high-pitched noise and then like later on like minutes into the movie they're like oh he's deaf now yeah Glashow like (laughs) actually
0: just straight up says like he's deaf and crazy now Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um But he's
0: also like from this scene, like he is fundamentally changed. Yeah. Like he's fucked up. (laughs) He's fucked up. And the rest of the movie is just him getting more fucked up. Basically. One of the craziest things in this movie is that he looks different throughout the whole thing i don't know how they do i don't it. know how they achieve this but like from the beginning at the beginning he looks like a cute little kid and then by the end he's like grizzled and wrinkly and yeah like dry and, it like t- and just <laughs> he looks terrible
1: it doesn't look like makeup like, no it doesn't
0: it looks like they just dehydrated him over the course looks, of a year it looks
1: like he is going to he's in like Dire need of an of an EMT like he, But he
0: actually He goes on to have a, a pretty long career In Russian film
1: Yeah and there's actually You know I read about this Because he uh, He The director was like I was really afraid That what I wanted to do Would like traumatize a child And I knew yeah. that I wanted To have a real kid And I didn't want him To be an actor And like he talked about like how we like sent him to therapy and we prepared him for like months. (laughs) And like, we're like, here's what we're going to do. And this is not going to be real, but it's going to this, you know, like taught him history and like, they put him through this whole thing to be like, we're not going to fuck you up, but we're kind of going to fuck you up.
0: We're going to fuck you up but are I promise you, we have all the pieces in order to unfuck you. But it was
1: so interesting to listen to a director like the, the polar opposite of Cannibal Holocaust, which mm-hmm. this is a yes, movie. Yes, absolutely.
0: But there are weird parallels I between know. them. I um. know.
1: So wait, let's continue a little bit more so we yeah, can yeah, get okay, through the okay, movie. Okay. It's hard because every scene is so fucking impeccably shot. So yeah. it's hard to describe how beautiful and horrible the movie looks um, So just go watch the trailer Even if you're not like going to be able to stomach this movie um, Watch the trailer on the Criterion channel It will give you a sense of what this movie looks like um, But what happens is he uh, They escape They um, they don't get blown up They make a little hut in the woods They sleep overnight They try to return to his parents' house uh, Yes, it, it is Old Village It's empty, unfortunately And he thinks that maybe they escaped um,
0: well, but there's a really <laughs> fucked up scene here, <laughs> yeah, too. I mean, I I, I, I'm sorry, we're <laughs> going to have to keep going. But like, but there's a scene where they're in the house and there's like a bowl of of like soup or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're going to love this. My mom makes this mm-hmm. and they're eating it. And I guess the implication is that it's like been there for a little while and it's rotten because she spits it out, but he's like happily eating it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think it's like his, his brain is already fucked at this point. Like he's already so traumatized by what's been happening that, like, his he's just already in this like survival brain mode, yeah.
1: And it's a little moment, it's not big, you know. It's just this little like thing where she's like, Ew, and then he's just like keeps eating it. And then she looks at like the dolls on the ground and starts getting really scared because sh- there you start hearing the sounds of flies, and then so. You you find that uh, basically they leave the house. Yeah, I, he's like,
0: I know where my family is. They're probably hiding out on this island, and they're running out. And as they run out, Glasha looks over her shoulder and just sees a pile of dead bodies stacked up next to the house. Yeah, and then
1: doesn't say anything, but is clearly like freaking out. And yeah. then if you've ever seen <laughs> Children of Men, there's a ton of shots in this. It's not like... The, mo- the movie doesn't make any hay out of it being single shots, but some of them are, uh, like, really long takes um, yeah. where, like, it starts inside, and then they burst through the door, and then they're running, and then the, they, the camera turns around, and there's just, like, a stack as tall as... A stack of human carnage, the, like, as tall as the house. And, yeah. like, her reaction is so genuine. Like, she didn't know it was going to be there, but he doesn't see it, and then they rush to the island, and then she finally is, like... They're all fucking. They're dead. all fucking
0: dead, <laughs> you psycho! Because he like makes her like ford through this like muddy bog to get to this island, right? And they're both just like exhausted and crying when they get there, and covered in like fucking shitty bog mud, and like they probably mm-hmm. got like leeches on them and stuff, mm-hmm. like. And she's just pissed, and she's like, "They're all fucking dead, you idiot! Yeah, this is stupid that we're here. Are you crazy?" And then this other uh, partisan shows up, and he's just like, "What's going on here?" And she's like, "He's nuts. He's <laughs> deaf and crazy." And and this is where like this motif starts, where every time something crazy is happening uh, to Flo- uh, to Flora he like balls up his fists on his face and just like makes this like really like big grimace and just like his
1: eyes are wide open they're like like...
0: wide and bugging and like his teeth (laughs) are clenched and he's just like scraping his face off yeah it's so intense it's like it's (laughs) over the top and you're like nobody does this in real life but it's so effective well it's (laughs) like because of the way that the 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 cameras is like trained on their faces and it's like I think they do some sort of a stabilization thing where like yeah. their eyes stay stable in the center of the of the frame so that every like the world moves around their eyes and it's like fucking weird. Yeah. Man. And
1: it's like you. My feeling wasn't like no one does this in real life. It's like if I had to live through this, I'm sure I would behave this way like it's yeah, it, right. <laughs> it's horrifying. So it's funny because at this point you haven't really seen any Nazis yeah um so you get so they take him back to where the the villages like a bunch of villagers have like are in the middle of this field um a bunch of um um, partisans and then just seemingly random civilians are just like chilling out they're making this sort of um uh thing of hitler like a scarecrow. yeah like a big
0: like a stupid sculpture to like to like yell at (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, no, it's full of explosives. Um, oh. and they they're they're making it out of like a Nazi's skull and then they like put a bunch of dirt on it and then they right. like are they're gonna put it I think the plan is to go put it somewhere where they think Nazis might go and then blow it up.
0: Like a fucking like a Bugs Bunny caper. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> like the, like they're gonna be like, Oh yoohoo, boys <laughs> And they're like, Is that
1: Hitler? Well hey, oh. <laughs> 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 um, and um and so they go do that and they
0: Oh, but there's also a scene here where he sees the village elder uh, oh, he's who fucking... yelled at him earlier for <laughs> digging up the guns. Right. And he's all burnt up and fried and he looks like shit. And he like goes up to him and he's like, Oh my god, you look terrible, and he's just like, You shouldn't have dug up those guns. Yeah. And we're like, God <laughs> damn, man, you couldn't give him a fucking break.
1: <laughs> I didn't know. I'm fourteen. Um so they uh kind of clean him up, they give him a haircut. Um, and then they, four of the people, four of the, I keep forgetting the word partisans. partisans I'm Sorry, yeah. um, four of the partisans, excuse me, the commies. They go and they, um, they're going to set up this Hitler thing, um,
0: and they're going to go like, uh, they there's like a food storage place that they're going to like steal some food from.
1: Yeah, yeah, and things are looking up, and then of course. Where, the, where they go is a minefield <laughs> yeah. and two of them get blown up, um, which sucks. And then him and the main partisan, uh, the little boy and the, the main partisan keep going. Um, and then they steal a cow because they can't, um, basically they find a, uh, like a, so it's hard to, I had to do a little research. In Belarus, the German, the Nazis, they have kind of like Gone to a lot of villages already and like sort of killed anyone who they suspected would, was going to be a partisan or a communist sympathizer and killed them and then like left alive the people who are German sympathizers and like they called that home security. Right. Um, so like they find a home security force guy um, who's like, the Germans came already. I, I'm not, I don't care. And they're like, we're taking your cow. And they leave him alive because they believe that he didn't really want to do anything. He was just, you know had a gun to his head and was like, sure, I'll serve the fucking Nazis or whatever. Um, So they take the cow and you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a cow. And they, on the way back, um, they get fucking bombarded with tracer bullets and i don't know i don't know where they're coming from it's just this horrible scene where they're walking and you're like oh they might get a cow every time something nice happens yeah uh, it's immediately counterpointed with like the specter of nazis who are not ever seen really yeah and um, it's
0: not like it's not nazis like you ever see them like it's like in in terms of movies like there there's no you know
1: they're never they're never look, they don't look clean and tall and like
0: yeah and they're not like uh they you don't see them as soldiers very much it the only time you do see them is just as like a rioting force of just like dirt bags right and and, so, and you never see like the holocaust happening you never see like the well you do actually th- a little bit But, like, it's not told from the perspective of the victims as much as it's told as, like, explicitly about, like, this is what they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not about, like, this is what happened to us. It's about this is what they did. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's a different tone. It's a horrible tone. Mm -hmm. So they kill his cow and they kill his friend. And uh, he basically, you know, does his thing where he freaks out and, you know... He's, everything is terrible. He's watching his friend and the cow die. Uh, a beautiful, incredible scene. I, I don't even know how they did it. Just like these orange streaks across this of like death across the sky. Um, it's all natural. I know it's absurd. That's the craziest
0: thing is there's no lighting in any of this. There's no special effects. There's no nothing. They literally just like shot what was happening, <laughs> and like the bombs are all like bombs and shit. You know, like. <laughs> I guess and obviously they didn't blow up the dudes but I mean like there's nothing like there's nothing added it's like yeah. the budget of it was like $500,000. <laughs> um
1: so they're shooting something looks like real bullets uh it's nuts. Anyway, so he falls asleep and then wakes up and is like fuck I got to do something. So he wants to he's like well I got to kill this cow and bring the meat back to the people um so he goes and tries to steal a horse with a cart um from another guy part of, another farmer yeah. and uh, he's like he's like i've got a big cow i gotta cut up you want to help me or i'm gonna steal your cow a horse. and he's like you can't take my horse are you fucking crazy the germans are and he's like the guy's like no 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 child you don't understand like they're gonna come um and so he like makes him take off his jacket and hide his gun and all of his stuff and he's like come back to the village with me. We're going to keep you safe. They quickly try to make up a different, because they hear, they see the fucking German cars coming.
0: Yeah. Um, So they're like making up an identity for him. They're like, yeah, you you have like a mom and you've got like five brothers and two sisters and whatever.
1: And so he, uh, they, they're like, okay, so they ride back on the cart together and then they like go to the place and then he's like in this little room. And then for the first time you see Nazis, except for like one little glimpse, glimpse of the paratrooper, yeah. you start, the Nazis come and they're cops, you know, they look and they act. Here's the thing. This is what was so striking to me about this movie was that they look and they act like cops, mm-hmm. like they have power they know that no one is going to fuck with them. And then there's just these varying different levels of people who are just like bureaucrats who are just there to do their job. And then freaks, like proud mm-hmm. boy freaks who are like, there's like that one Nazi who's got like white out marker, like swastikas all over his helmet. And he's like, yeah, we're gonna fucking kill everybody, woo. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. that little shit is like, you know, some freak who's at a Unite the Right rally. And he's like, yeah, we're gonna do it. And then- I was
0: thinking it reminded me so much of of um like stuff like clockwork orange and um, yeah yeah to but a lesser extent the warriors but like i was thinking they they had like a very gang sort of vibe yeah. to them where like they're like goofy and rowdy and like they're just like mostly interested in just like getting pleasure out of whatever it is that they're doing whether it's killing or raping or whatever like it mostly just like, it seems like the sick joy is kind of a big part of the portrayal here.
1: And I think, I think for me, it was just, it's so naturalistically and realistically shot that it's hard not to draw parallels to the, the only kinds of things you've seen happening like that in America, which is like police officers and proud boys. Mm -hmm. Um, that's it, it feel, I mean, there's definitely probably a lot more real, I mean, this is probably how the Nazis really acted um, and they weren't, this is the great thing about it is that they're not treated as these cold calculating super predators who are like perfect specimens. Cause this is the problem is like shit like Indiana Jones always shows them as like what the Nazis wanted to believe they really were, you know what right. I mean? But this is very much just like a bunch of random dudes who are just sadist freaks who think they're better than everybody. Yeah. Um,
0: you know what it is. It's. It reminds me of. Um, do you ever read All Quiet on the Western Front?
1: I think so. I don't. I mean, maybe it's about, in
0: high um, It's about World War One. Okay. But it's kind of one of the big themes of that book is. Um, it's and it's sold from a German's perspective, I believe. Jesus. Um. <laughs> but it's uh. The the idea is that it's like we're kids. you Okay. Know? And the story is just like, it's mostly just supposed to be like hammering home this idea of like, most of the people here are children, Mm -hmm. you know, like they are 18 at best, you know, like these are, these are kids who are being robbed of their humanity (laughs) by being put into this situation. Most of them should be fucking dicking around on a farm somewhere, (laughs) you know, they shouldn't be, you know, stabbing somebody with a bayonet. Yeah. And then that's kind of the whole idea of, of that book. And and this kind of reminded me of it a little bit, because it's like, it's this very human portrayal of them as like, yeah, they're just like kids on a fucking power trip. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, that power trip is massive and violent and murderous <laughs> and terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and so they're in the house. And they, uh, the Nazis come and they're just like, well, you got some, maybe some partisans here. Uh, and they give them like food or whatever. They're trying to just like be nice. But basically after a little bit, a bunch more of them show up and after what feels like for no reason, it, it feels like just, it starts happening. They start corralling the entire village into like a church or a barn. hmm Couldn't exactly tell what the purpose of this building was, but it's just this huge room. That's like a big wooden barn type looking thing.
0: Yeah. It must've been a barn. Cause the windows were really, really high.
1: Yeah. And so, um, they start corralling them up and, uh, all it, like a bunch of like weird Nazi officers start showing up. Like one of them has like bright blue eyes and like white hair and has like a slow loris on his shoulder. <laughs> um, and it starts getting a little weird and like they're, yeah,
0: are those like native to Belarus? I, I don't know. But it's
1: very <laughs> cute. Um, I love the slow loris, and um, they're like parading around these Jewish people who are like being forced to carry like signs that say like "Hitler the liberator" and like "Hitler
0: rules." Yeah, Hitler's
1: cool, and um, just like Jewish people are a plague or whatever, and uh, and then they start corraling them into this this barn and they lock them all in there, and like one freak is like uh, send. I couldn't exactly tell them tell what the gambit is. But he's like, leave the kids and you can leave? Um,
0: yeah, 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 he's saying, like, leave the kids in here and then the adults can go.
1: Um, which everyone sort of is just like, fuck you. Like, yeah, what no, no we're
0: not doing we're that. We're not leaving
1: the children. But like, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Fleora just leaves. He's like, I'm, I'm going to climb out the window.
0: Yeah, um, I have an adult I don't, here. I don't, have, I
1: don't have an adult <laughs> or a child, so I'm leaving. Um, and so they let him out, but basically no one else does. Um, maybe a couple other people. And they like,
0: there's one girl who goes out with him who looks a lot like, um, it is like the Glasha. same
1: actress and a different character. Um, oh, okay.
0: So it's, it is literally her, yeah, but it's, it's her just n- not the same character. The character's
1: name is like Gliosha or something. <laughs> uh, I think it's supposed to, it like, he knew it didn't make any sense for it to be Glasha, but it's, oh yeah, it's, Glafira. Yeah, it is her. So, um, They uh, take her out and a couple other people, but that's it. And then they like put a gun to his head and set him on the ground and force him to watch them burn the whole building down. Yeah. Uh, And then they...
0: With everybody in it.
1: Right. With everybody in it, if that wasn't clear. Hundreds of people, it seems. Um,
0: And they like shoot into it too. It's, mm, It's pretty intense. It's
1: an incredibly intense scene. It's one of the worst things. And then they all clap and they laugh. And they're yeah. like, yay! And they have a
0: gun to his head, and they take a picture with him with the gun to his head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the in what is possibly one of the most intense parts of the movie in what has already been a really intense and exhausting. <laughs> yeah, movie, we're talking
1: about like two hours into this movie at the point. It's very yeah. long. <laughs>
0: um, he has like the he has the gun to his head, and they t- they're lining up this shot, and the guy takes a while to line up the shot. <laughs> yeah, and he finally gets it, and you're like, okay, he took the shot, like they're going to shoot him now. Yeah.
1: You really I didn't I was really not sure if they were going to shoot him.
0: I was certain they were going to shoot him. I was like this is the end of the movie. Cuz h- how be. could
1: it not be? That's how this movie yeah. is gone.
0: Exactly. And yeah. you're just
1: like waiting with his gun and his face is all gnarled up and he's like Yeah,
0: and 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 it gives you like that that dead, you know, close-up sort of looking into the camera with the gun to his head freaking out, helpless, you know. It's yeah. like it's it's a real like helpless look in his eyes. And then this like Plume of dark smoke passes them from the fire, mm-hmm. and like under the mask of the smoke, the the officers all just like walk away and leave them there. Yeah, and then he collapses. and it's crazy. That had to be such a hard shot to get to, like actually get them to like move with the smoke like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's
1: absurd. There's so much stuff in this movie. Like half of this movie seems like it's shot at like the golden hour. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it's like it's like Days of Heaven level intensity, but For actually an interesting point, um, and a good story. Um, So they leave. They just like like the smoke. Just like leave, and everything's on fire. Yeah, just like fuck off. Um, and then
0: oh, and they take the Glasha girl uh, by the hair. They drag her into the back of their truck as they're leaving to to, rape her, gang rape her. Yeah. Um,
1: and then uh, so. Then it sort of cuts, and he's gone back to sort of in a day. He's gone back to the hay where he buried his gun in his coat, and he wraps it in gauze. Um, He finds in the woods um, the girl, one of the only female Nazi we saw, and someone else um, like dying, like vomiting, and it looks like uh, maybe they took cyanide pills because she's like vomited something. Yeah, maybe. Or he takes like gauze out of their little kit. Yeah, um, she might
0: have like I my impression was that they had gotten in some sort of like a wreck or something and that she'd thrown up from the shock.
1: Yeah, something like that or they just like they didn't kill her all the way cuz what you find out is that um the partisans get all of those people.
0: Yeah, they got the jump <laughs> um, on. So
1: fucking the le- the one moment of fucking re- resolution or like good thing is that the communists have them and they have like all of the people who just did this thing um tied up under a bridge um and then this is the sort of like cumulative final scene um all of the partisans are holding guns uh circling them and they're sort of like what are we gonna do (laughs) uh and like this one guy is like are we just gonna kill them? They like deserve like I couldn't it seems like he's saying like they deserve worse than that like yeah. um they they like my kid was in this fucking fire um and yeah uh,
0: and 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 it's at this point that you kind of like get to the heart of like what this movie was for right at, at least in my perspective, uh my belief is that this was all leading to this exact moment where the ss officer. Is basically just like given a mic. They're just like, you know, what the fuck do you what have, do you to, have say to say for, for yourself? yourself. Yeah. Like all the other, there's all these soldiers who are just like, yeah, we're just idiot kids. And then there's a couple of uh Belarusian people who are like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm a collaborator, but I'm not German. You know, I, I'll turn on them in a second. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. They happily do. Um, But the SS officer is the one like true believer among them. And you're like well you, you did the, the order one,
1: he's the one who has the confidence to to tell sure, them yeah, the, the truth and the
0: courage to like really tell what the fuck is up but they're like what do you have to say for yourself you just burned a whole village of people the kids you've burned kids you know in this mm-hmm. fucking fire what's your deal man and he has this whole monologue that he like he insists to this man like translate this for me and the yeah. guy you can tell is like uncomfortable translating it but he's like okay I'll translate it he's like it for the you.
1: Belarusian collaborator
0: yeah and 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 in the in the same style as everything else in the movie, where he's like looking into the camera and delivering this to you, the viewer. You know, he's saying essentially like, you know, we killed the kids because if you don't kill the kids, then they grow up to be you, and, yeah. and you, you know, don't we, deserve and to have, a you don't state. deserve to exist. And he has a yeah, he has a line that says like, not every race has a right to exist. Yeah, and all this shit that he's saying is like, you know, it's classic Nazi stuff and whatever. But it's this moment where you're just like, you're hearing him talking, you're just like you're just wrong. You're wrong about everything. (laughs) Every single thing you're saying is so fucking stupid and wrong and you're so confidently saying it you just killed a whole village of people for it and you're gonna die for it and this war is gonna keep going for it and it's just stupid and wrong Mm -hmm. and shit. You know, it's just shit what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was kind of supposed to be this like it's it's kind of this pivotal moment for it because you're like all of this for nothing you know all of this pain all this suffering for fucking nothing for your idiotic ideology that doesn't even make sense
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because yeah it's like uh, yeah and it's frustrating um watching him say it so he's an actor, like, but it's like yeah. after fucking two and a half hours of this, like this senseless fucking violence, you're just drained. And I mean, I don't know how you feel. So anyway, before I get to what I was going to say, I'm, we're going probably way over on this episode, but it's a yeah. long movie and it needs to be talked about because very few people have fucking seen this movie and it's great. Um, but yeah. Um, because they, they, the, the Belarusian is translating this. He's like, I'm not saying this. <laughs> He's yeah. saying it. The German is saying it. I'm not saying this. Just so you know, I'm translating. I'm with you guys, comrades. Like, let's go. And, and, and the, the sort of stone-faced uh, de facto leader of the partisans is just like, if you're not with them, you can kill them. Um, and so he's like, sure, sure, I'll do it happily. Takes the can from, uh, Fleora, uh, of gasoline, starts pouring gasoline on him. He's like, "Comrades, a match. Anyone, I'm ready to fucking murder these motherfuckers. And then, uh, I think at someone just is like trigger happy or just is like, fuck it. I don't care. And then they just all shoot them to death. Yeah. Um, yeah and they shoot I
0: mean I thought of it as kind of like
1: they shoot everyone except the two Belarusian collaborators who apologize. Yeah. Um
0: I mean I saw it as like a moment of mercy in some ways like they're kind of being like it's it's something that I always hate to hear spoken but it's one of it's this is one of the few times where it's like seeing it in action you're like I get it. Yeah. Is this idea of like like sinking to their level in some ways where you're sure. like I don't want to I don't like we just watched them burn our whole village alive in a fucking barn. I don't want to watch more people burn. Well, right bef- I don't want to for- burn them yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and right before uh, this happens, I think it's right before, right after. Um, I think it's actually right after they shoot them all. Um, flashes of actual footage of the Holocaust are shown. Yeah. Well, like, so it
0: starts to no, cut no no, no, in no. Here. Right before
1: this there's like three little cuts of uh, like actual footage of dead Jewish people and like skinny Jewish people. And it's like, as if to say, in case you were about to feel bad for the Nazis, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, they did this. But then the last scene you get is um, Flora is sort of like all of the partisans are leaving and he walks up to this, um, this, uh, is he seeing himself like himself in the beginning with the little kid with the cap? He like walks up That's next to, yeah. yeah,
0: or he's like seeing that kid who he was hanging out with or something I thought it was supposed to be sort of like that. It might just be a kid.
1: It's hard to tell but he um, He sees the Hitler the Liberator picture in a in a little puddle And yeah. he like starts loading his gun and then just starts fucking shooting into it. And then mm-hmm. you see uh black-and-white footage of Hitler in reverse
0: yeah um, and like the war and all the destruction it's all like buildings crumbling in reverse so they're coming back together and like bombs flying back up into planes mm-hmm. and like yeah Hitler's life in reverse essentially as he's like firing more and more rounds into the picture and it goes on for a while It's like
1: a few minutes it's a
0: few minutes uh, and it at the end he shoots it enough that like Hitler is a kid and then a baby, and you're looking at like the face of baby Hitler, and then it goes back to him, like and he's sh- just like shooting like, Rams. All right, I'm I'm done. Yeah,
1: and then uh, he goes follows the
0: um, the, um, the partisans. partisans sorry, <laughs> and it's uh, also I, something that we forgot to mention here is that the um, the Glasha girl does come back. Oh yeah, she like manages to like just like get herself back to camp, barefooted blood streaming down her legs, just looking beaten the fuck up, probably going to die fairly soon Mm -hmm. with like a whistle in her mouth, just making this really intense whistles. It's one of the most like fucked up, horrifying things I've seen in a movie possibly ever.
1: Extremely harrowing, extremely horror movie-esque. I'm not sure exactly what that means, what the whistle means culturally or symbolically. I'm not sure. Like
0: She had it earlier, maybe I don't know.
1: But um, that's what happened. Yeah, so
0: he runs off with the partisans, and then, like, the last shot is them marching off into the woods, shot from behind, and they're all kind of, like, marching off to war. Look at the boys, they're going. (laughs) And you're, like, it's such a defeating moment, because you're, like, there's this, like, you know, honor and glory, like, we just won, boys, we're off to war. And then you're, like, but Belarus does not do well (laughs) <laughs> and the fact that the Nazis are in Belarus means that this is like so early in the war and there's so there's much more like yet to more come. like three more years of this? The whole Holocaust is still yet to come. Like right. the death camps haven't even been opened yet. Like, oh no, that's, they have.
1: They just, uh, they didn't know about them yet.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if they were open yet. I think they had concentration camps, but I think, uh, the extermination camps hadn't yet been built.
1: Okay. I have to check. I was just reading about this. Uh, I thought they had them pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. Earlier than people thought. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, they yeah, but like the point is t- there's a lot there's yet a lot to come. more evil that has to come, and I feel like that's sort of uh, the point of that shot of just like kind of the hollowness or the 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 dichotomy of like even a little bit of hope is like going to be continually because the movie that's how the movie is structured, right? It's like every time there's a little hope, it's counteracted with just the whole most horrific violence. Right, exactly,
0: um, and you're like, what happens when the camera cuts? <laughs> right,
1: exactly, and then the the card on screen is like 625 villages were entirely burned with all of their habitants inside, yeah. um, which is an in- astounding number of people um, in Belarus, and like you said, they don't do very well, and that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, this is a movie that, I, like I said at the beginning, um, I was feeling like we were gonna be um, like sort of coyly being like, "eh, the next movie is uh, a horror movie too," but it's not. But it is, and I think it's maybe more horrifying than anything. Yes, uh, I've seen in a long time. Um, but I have to say, um, the I feel like the movie kind of gets this little bit of a reputation of like. All war is hell. And like you were saying, like, we don't want to become them. You know what I mean? And you, right. it, it definitely is, it feels as though it's a counteract, trying to counteract the sort of like glorious soldier narrative that the USSR, uh, the Soviet Union spun in, in, you know, after Stalingrad, you know, after losing 20 million fucking soldiers and like, yeah. you know, the Which, in by the, the way, war. the
0: director was there. He was a kid and yeah. had to, yeah, like, he lived there. <laughs>
1: yeah he was he's not belarusian right he's like he was born in no, Stalingrad.
0: He's, he's, yeah he's from stalingrad
1: yeah so he uh he was there and you know it was very intense and i feel like he wasn't he's not necessarily trying to i feel like an american would make this movie and there'd be a sense that like uh all violence is bad actually do you know right. what i mean but this movie Consistently feels like there is justice to be done, and the justice at the end is actually done, right? Like Nazis, you know, you can't leave them alive. But it's like it's there's no valor and there's no yeah, and and it doesn't
0: like justice. While justice does exist, justice does not make things right. Exactly, all of your
1: children are still fucking dead.
0: Exactly, you're still marching off to almost certainly die in this conflict, like. All of this, like the war, still happens. Like shooting the picture of Hitler didn't make the war not happen. You're right. supposed to see it and think it's silly. You know, you're supposed to like kind of giggle a little bit at the, the the fact that like the the pictures are going in reverse and whatever. Because you're like, this doesn't happen. You don't shoot Hitler and then it fixes. Like it's yeah. it, weirdly enough, it's like um, *Inglorious Bastards*, where like the fantasy of killing hitler ending the war and whatever and like <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i think there's a there's a danger and one thing i really wanted to say is that there's a danger of and i when i read about this movie and i always read the synopsis and plot one before i watch a movie usually um when i read about that scene where it's like he's he like sees the in his mind like baby hitler um there's like a sense that what you're supposed to get from it is like, oh, I would just be like one of the Nazis for killing a child um, right. if I killed Hitler. And I, and I don't think that's what he, the director is meaning to say at all. I think what it's trying to say is like, even if you went back and killed a baby hitler it wouldn't have changed anything
0: yeah <laughs> like, exactly you actually can still existed you
1: actually can't do anything to bring like to change the past i think is more what it's getting at um which is a much better point than i think because i've read like an american critic like talk about like this is about how violence is never good actually or whatever and right, I, I just yeah. feel like it's such an american thing because we didn't lose anybody like i don't mm-hmm. did any fucking civilians die in, <laughs> in world war Two
0: like i mean maybe there were a few like um I'd imagine there were a few like Over non-military or at least non-like specifically combatant personnel yeah. who died but at there Pearl was Harbor. No,
1: yeah, exactly, and that's why it's the worst thing that ever happened in America. Yeah, besides nine eleven. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing. It's like we didn't we don't have those stakes. Like my grandmother and my children. You know my you know we're never ever in danger in right. in in war even all the wars we've had since Iraq and Vietnam. And like, we've never had a war here. Yeah. Um, The civil
0: war is the only one. And, you know, at that point, like nobody had any connection to things that were happening that far away. And like, I mean, people lost people for sure. Yeah. But like,
1: the legacy of
0: that doesn't echo the same way that the legacy of this war does. Exactly,
1: And not to say at all that, you know, soldiers, you know, in general, are like cannon fodder and aren't human lives, and they don't right. matter or anything. But at the same time, like the soldiers in this movie, the partisans and the communists in this movie, were fighting on their land.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, these their are their homes. homes. Yeah. like it's 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 one thing to go somewhere, have something awful happen to you, and then come back and like that you know lives with you. You're alive. In your though. brain. <laughs> You're alive. But but still, you, either way, it's like you know that's siloed to you and your experience and the way that you treat the people around you and stuff like that but like people living in London for example people who've grown up in London you know will never know somebody like you'll always have somebody in your family who like experienced the blitz you know there's people who like your grandpa remembers bombs falling on your city right
1: and you I know. mean and, he, and
0: it does something different. It does something different to your psyche, I think, right. to live in the shadow of something so insane. And
1: I think what's what's crazy is that like Fiora is supposed to like survive. And like there's a guy who's like a little deaf And he's Mm -hmm. like in his forties and like trying to survive and he's experienced that, you know what I mean? Like, and there's nothing he can do to change it. And that all of those villages, like all of those people are still going to be dead, no matter what he does for the rest of his life. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that's what I think that's where the horror is, is that like all you can do is defend yourself (laughs) from Mm -hmm. this like creeping evil.
0: Um, and just continue to exist. you know it's like the the horror of that of this is that it's like that there's no there's no control you have no control over anything. Yeah, you know the individual has no control. Yeah, you kind of start to gain some control as a collective, but even as a collective, you're only as strong as like how many of you there are. And like if there's more of the other guy, it's bad. you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you're in really bad shape. Yeah. um and, and it's yeah it's very scary this movie <laughs> like there's just moments in this movie where you're just like oh my god am i gonna have to watch like it, the other day i um uh, i played resident evil seven um mm-hmm. for left sugar and it scared me more than anything i'd ever ex- <laughs> like in years like it's so scary um but it's a halloween sort of spooky scare you know like am I going to turn around their corner and there's going to be a freaky lady or whatever.
0: But it was, right. it's just a
1: very scary video game. But this movie kind of had the same feeling, except that was just angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every moment something happens and you're just like covering your eyes almost like, am I going to, is something terrible going to happen? And then also you're just like, the main feeling I had besides like fear is, uh, just wanting to kill Nazis. <laughs> like, I want yeah. them all to die. <laughs> I mean, I felt
0: a lot of sorrow, I feel like, was kind of, like, the biggest thing that I came out of this with was, like, just, like, a like a deep emptiness mm. that I found. <laughs> like, it, the kind of thing that I think about when I, like... I think I've talked about this in the show before that like when I'm in a bad mood, sometimes I'll read about like horrific war crimes just to like see how deep the bad mood can go. (laughs) And like I'll read about like something that I return to a lot is like what happened in Cambodia and like both both what we did to them and also what they did to themselves and just like the insane just levels of just depravity that people are capable of and like yeah. this movie really really hit me in a pretty major way i mean like i said i went to bed and like just like was like shaking i mm. like literally could not did stop my arm <laughs> from like just going nuts yeah um so with that all being said
1: with that all being said uh it's a fantastic Bryn, would you recommend
0: film. this movie yeah
1: <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, it's like it is one of the most I mean, I come to film wanting to have an experience of something someone else's emotions. You know, like you want you want to go to a movie to like see something new, to feel something new, and sometimes that's something really terrible and something, you know, it's not always going to be like yay or like oh, it's so cute or I'm feeling you know, whatever. There's a lot of different types of movies, but in the sense of like this is a movie with a purpose um Mm -hmm. this is a movie with you know i mean really good it's almost not a political film i guess but it it kind of is it's a very political film at the same time um but it it has a lot to say about the psychology of of politics i guess about war Mm -hmm. because war is politics right like it's all about power and like i think that this is a movie that has a very specific perspective that is incredibly important to listen to like someone who grew up in the soviet union who you know cares about his country who cares about his you know his family and his community and his you know his own ideology and like still has this perspective that none of us you know talking about you know the left or whatever in america quote unquote like you look at this and you're like we don't have one (laughs) you know there is nobody I, i don't even know anybody who would like go through this or who could ever conceive of going through this so you have this person who was at, was here and went through this and like, has, you know, gone through decades and decades of this ideology and this, and, and cares about his country and wants you to know that this is what it feels like to protect yourself and what it feels like to be oppressed and, and to have to go through this. And it's important. And I think it's, it feels incredibly important and weighty and tough and it's hard to watch, but I really suggest that you watch it.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm at, too, is I think it's possibly one of the best movies I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's
0: unbelievably <laughs> it's good. It's
1: horrible, and it makes me cry talking about it, but I think... I don't ever want to see this movie again.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think I'll ever watch because it again. Because it'll it,
1: live in my head for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> it looks so good, though, and like, I've, never, I've never seen anything like this where... Like you kind of hit the nail on the head pretty early on that it's like the way this is shot, the way this is presented, the way that it's acted, the way that everything happens in this is so real and so, like, the perspective of the first person view and stuff and the the eye contact and whatever, it implants itself in your brain as if it's a memory that you have Yeah. and for that reason yeah, I'll never watch it again <laughs> because I don't want that any further in there than it has to be, uh-huh. but additionally like It's just, there's nothing else like this. Uh -uh. Nothing else exists like this. It's so insanely good. And it's
1: like, like I said before, like, I really just don't think an American could have made this movie.
0: Like, someone... I mean, I don't know that anybody but this guy could have made this, (laughs) honestly. It's like, it's such a specific blend of, like you know like experience of of growing up in in stalingrad and like experiencing the war the way that he did Mm -hmm. experiencing the death of his wife nearby probably really put a lot of emotion into this that like otherwise wouldn't have been there and then also just being such a raw talent and having such an insane eye and having like no you know having like a a a communist government behind him that was like willing to you know fund this in a public way and like I mean, it's such a specific set of circumstances that led to this movie that I don't think are replicable in any way. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, I mean, it's beautiful in a lot of ways. Like, it, it makes me, it, it, just thinking about how this movie must have got, because it's, it's funny if you read some, like, American sort of coverage of this movie and, like, its history, like, the, like every single person who talks about it is like, he had to fight censorship. Um, right. But it's like, if you actually read what happened, um, I know this is a double effort episode, but I wanted to go into this a little bit, because if you read what happened, it's like there was a guy in the state studio, right? Because it's like we don't consider like David Fincher not being able to get Fight Club made at 20th Century Fox for a couple years censorship. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like what happened is, is he had a producer who was like really behind this movie, and then that person I think either died or got fired or left the studio. And then everyone else was sort of like, I don't know if this is the movie for us right now. And like, they it took him a while to get it done. <laughs> so that's not censorship. They didn't like say, we don't believe in this movie or like, we don't think you're allowed to make this movie. They just weren't giving him money. <laughs> right. Um, so it's like, it's, it's so absurd to me that like, People are like, he had to fight every single good movie that came out of the Soviet Union gets that treatment in the media, in American media of like, he had to fight tooth and nail to get this movie made. And it's like, no, he did. That's not what happened. (laughs) Um, What happened is, is that he like, you know, it was going to cost a lot, you know, a certain amount of money and he wanted to get it made a certain way and they weren't behind it at certain times. And then they did um, because it did get made and they did fund it, Um, but it was... It's a very tough thing to they, do. Like,
0: I don't know why this wouldn't have been like, in in the fantasy world where like it was you know blocked by the Soviets and whatever like why would they not have wanted that like this is this looks very good for them yeah you know (laughs) they come out of this looking like the good guys in a war I don't know why they
1: absolutely are the good guys in this war and of
0: course but I mean like in the in your your fantasy world where like it's a totalitarian state who like (laughs) who's like obsessed with their own self image and like portraying themselves as heroic and perfect and whatever it's like why would they not have wanted this movie about how the soviets you know like saved these people and like
1: (laughs) yeah it doesn't make any sense and so i think what but what you end up getting i do also think that if you're the soviet union and you're if you do care about like your image in like on the on the world stage like this is a movie you want to have a lot of care in because it's Mm -hmm. horrific and you don't you know because it there is like stuff where you know they take It's an interesting thing to think about in the sort of like online discourse way, because it's like, what about the Soviet soldiers who like stole cows from like farmers or whatever? And it's like, well, they were fucking Nazis in this movie. Like they were collaborators and they're like, well, we want to help the resistance. And it's like they these are all people striving to just survive And, like, nobody ever talks about history in that context. And I think it's incredibly important to watch this movie and think about everything you've ever heard about the Soviet Union in this context, as, like, kids and, like, desperate people trying to fight just to survive, let alone for a better world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah and like seeing these kids like, I have to get this cow (laughs) to these people so they don't starve. And then like having this sort of dumb online conversation about like, well, is that good that the Soviet (laughs) Union, you know what I mean? It's like, shut the fuck up. And I think that this movie really kind of flattens all of those kinds of like conversations about like morality into like, we need to make sure that these people don't ever do this again yeah at all costs um and it, it's at once inspiring and devastating um and i yeah i can't recommend it more honestly it's one of the best movies yeah. i've ever seen
0: it's great movie really really <laughs> fantastic movie highly recommend watching it we are so far over time <laughs> we've
1: never done an episode this long uh sorry if this...
0: jackass 2
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Almost as good as Jackass 2, I have to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Almost. Very close. <laughs> Gotta say, very, very close.
1: <laughs> so, uh, highest gen loss, star of approval. Uh, be careful about it. If you have depression or anxiety, please be safe. Uh, yeah, this seriously, movie, if, you, if ne- you're... Like, the biggest trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, if you have, like, any sort of mental health issues, like, please be careful. Be in a good place uh, if you watch this movie, but if you can handle it, uh, and and just to be clear, it's uh it's not gory. There's hardly any like actual gore or anything, any like violent in the same. There's no like cannibal holocaust level like, oh this is hard to watch or look at.
0: No, the only visually. thing is maybe the the girl at the end who who makes her way back to the village after being raped and is- and
1: the burnt village elder. Yeah, um, he's
0: pretty rough to look at.
1: But besides that, it's all emotional and it's all really effective. So, again, double double trigger warning or whatever. But uh, if if you can handle it, watch it. So, thanks so much for listening to this extremely long episode of Generation Loss. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know all of the things. Please follow us at Generation or Gen Loss Pod on Twitter. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash generation loss. Well, we will continue this, actually a much more (laughs) uh, happy and nice spooky themed (laughs) generation loss. We're going to be uh, talking about actual like quote unquote horror movies. Uh, yeah, all this month. We're
0: going to be talking about the big boys, the big franchises. Yeah, the
1: fun, actually not shaking you to your core. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> horror movies, but the fun, silly one. The kind that have one. never
0: scared you even <laughs> once. <laughs> but you love them you anyway. Love them anyway.
1: So f- hang out with us over there. And um, if you get that, you can go to our Discord and watch the movies um, that we will be screening Um, on the discord every Sunday before the episode comes out so that's a fun
0: way to do it so
1: follow me at Kinematography follow Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder and we will see you on the next one
0: see you at the movies